everyone. Welcome to the KREC 89ers podcast, a series about the KREC Suratkal 1989 batch. In this series, I, Sridhar Sambukumar from the ENC branch, catch up with my batchmates and get to understand as to how life has panned out for them after graduating from college. We chat up about their professional and personal lives, highs and lows, achievements, reflections, get inspired from each other and share some thoughts for the future generation as well. On to the episode now. Hello 89ers. I caught up with a seemingly introverted but very expressive Krishnanand Kamath from Chemical whose wit will blow you over in this episode. Listen on. Welcome KK. Uh, I know I've been chasing you for this podcast for a while. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that we made it happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm also glad to be here. Uh, it's good to have somebody talking about me for a change. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you're going to do in this episode anyway. Uh, let's start off with the reference point of graduating from college and maybe you could start with what you did uh, immediately after 89. Yeah, so maybe I'll start uh, one step before us how I got into KRC. So yeah <laughs> what happened is uh, uh, I actually was really interested in mechanical to start with so after my PUC actually there's a story behind that also I think ours was the first batch which had CET so after the PUC exam I didn't even yeah. yeah so I did not even know there is a CET so I had gone to Bombay uh, to my sister's place and I was reading the newspaper every day thinking okay if there's a CET it'll be in the news and I did not know that Bombay newspapers will never carry Karnataka news so one of my friends called up and says, oh, there's a CET next week. Where are you? So that's how I came and wrote the entrance exam. So I was the last guy to apply, I think. And I got a center, which was the worst center possible. There was a strike going on when I was writing the entrance exam because they wanted to stop the entrance exam because of some reason. So that's oh, okay. how I wrote the <laughs> entrance exam. And then where, where, uh, where did you write it? It was called Renukacharya. I think it's near that... Uh, Anandra circle. Anandra circle, yeah, correct. In that center, I think only four of us actually passed the entrance exam. Everybody else uh, did not even make it after the, when they put the test results. <laughs> so after that, I got a mechanical in Hassan. Ah, okay. So then uh, somebody said, oh, mechanical, why do you want to go to mechanical? Try electronics or something. That's the in subject. Again, like by now, I think most of uh, my classmates are aware. I am not sure what I actually wanted to do anyway. So... I applied for electronics and I got into UVC. That time UVC was, uh, I think, uh, one of the only two government colleges which was there. Then I Correct. said, oh, okay, I'm happy. And I was uh, settled. Then uh, one of my, when we went out for outing to celebrate by this one, somebody said, oh, you want to stay in Bangalore for next four years? You don't want to get out and uh, try hostel life? That's when I got frightened. I was saying, okay, once I get into UVC, I'm stuck in Bangalore forever. So, and that was the fourth list. So, that was the last list. So, I went there, applied and I said, uh, Suratkal, any branch. So, I did not even choose a branch. <laughs> so, that's, and uh, there, that was the Lati charge. I think the last round was a manual thing. Till now, it was round one, two, three were computerized and the fourth one was a manual thing. So, there was a Lati charge. I ran away. I tried to climb a fence, my shirt tore, all those things happened. And that's how I landed up at uh, Suratkal. And uh, luckily for me, I got a uh, chemical. <laughs> so, so initially when I joined, that, that's what I ended up in the E section because that was the last section which had started. So I got into E section and I thought, okay, 
chemical uh, maybe after first year i'll try into mechanical and then when i was doing my first year of uh, engineering i thought okay chemical nobody is there in chemical maybe i can become a topper in chemical i'll stay in chemical that's what <laughs> i thought and i and uh, all of us know at the end of first year all the state toppers good you all the other guys were state toppers in their own state everybody came into chemical i don't know why <laughs> so <laughs> i said okay i give up now i can never top this class <laughs> so that's how my journey in suratkal started after that i said okay all i have to do is be average pass every year and uh, go on with life so when i came to the end of uh, final year again i was even then i was not sure whether i wanted to get into a chemical uh, industry or should i do what i was not sure so seventh semester i wrote gate i said okay i'll not even try for a job let me extend my education for two more years maybe at that time i'll something will flash and tell me this is your career type of thing so i wrote gate again i think i was lucky in that sense that i got into iit bombay so just like i told my initial uh, interest was mechanical engineering so when i got into iit bombay i actually chose industrial engineering and operation research as my mtech subject totally away from chemical <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again i think i was uh, lucky uh, uh, that uh, there was a generous amount of stipend government was giving for higher studies so actually to tell you i was getting a stipend which was higher than my first salary after i graduated from iit bombay <laughs> so there i joined and i was going through all this mechanical classes then uh, people said you are crazy you I wasted 4 years in chemical now you are doing something which is totally unrelated to you you'll never come forward so what i did is i actually approached guju guju was also in iit bombay so he had this uh, r&d head as his uh, project guide and all these things because he was doing something complicated which i never understood so i went and approached his guide so that person never takes anybody as is a student for mtech uh, projects so i don't know what happened to him he looked at me and he said okay i'll take you as a student so i was doing industrial engineering and my project guide was a chemical uh, r&d head so that's how it was <laughs> totally a mix of uh, you can tell how unsure i was as to what to do and uh, he had a lot of contacts in the industry so he took me to this uh, bpcl and uh, he said you this guy any project you have because this guy is not even sure what he wants to do in his uh, mtech project so they actually were getting oil from lot of other countries and they had this tank farm where they used to load all this oil and from there it used to go to the distillation uh, this one so they said can you build us a scheduling uh, Uh, this one program for us because we are not sure so they gave me a lot of rules like this is when i fill this tank if it is half filled i cannot take oil from this other thing and fill the same tank and all this rules yeah. so i took that project so that was my mtech project and at that time we did not have pcs or anything so we had this main uh, uh, frame and there was this dump terminal so every time you write a program you feed it into this dump terminal and there is this guy who next day gives you back your pro- uh, program with the, after compiling and telling you the errors so you could not even know whether <laughs> what the errors are in your program the same day you have to wait for a day again you write, rewrite the program feed it to the dump terminal wait for the next day so that's how a program was being written again i was enjoying the whole time because bpcl had this elaborate lunch so i always whenever i had to meet somebody in bpcl <laughs> i used to go just during the lunch time they always used to take me to their canteen they had a three course meal so how that meal come back to iit bombay 
that's how it went so whole of second year my project was the scheduling and uh, the time came for presentation so i was presenting there were some bpcl guys sitting then this r&d head was there and then there is because i was doing industrial engineering operation research the mechanical uh, department head also was sitting there so i did this presentation actually my whole program was still not 100% working it was 80% working so i did all that and uh, at the end of the presentation this mechanical head uh, jumps up and he says this is not enough to give give you your mtech you have to do some more work and this was like end of the year it's all all the time was over so i did not know what to do so i came out of that this one and then i went to this uh, guju's guide i asked him what to do. he said don't worry whatever you have done is enough for mtech what he is asking is more like a phd project so you don't worry i'll take care of it so because he told that i stopped working on the project also so now i have like two months before my next presentation and i stopped working so i didn't know what to do so at that time uh, i think it was uh, january february so the swimming team and all was uh, not having work so there was this swimming coach in iit bombay he had no work so i approached him and i said can you teach me swimming so he was so happy because he had literally no work so four five of us <laughs> next two months i was just learning swimming uh, going around uh, watching movies this that and the next time the presentation came i presented the same thing <laughs> and this guy got so hot telling i last time i told you that uh, this is not enough and i was standing there looking at this r&d head saying okay and that guy said uh, he called this guy uh, suresh babu i don't think uh, you require more than this for a mtech dissertation what you are asking will be a phd project i don't think uh, we can expect that much from a phd i think whatever he has done is enough for him let's call this as the mtech project done and let's finish it off here he asked this bpcl guys those guys were very happy they said yeah we are fine because they were never going to use my program anyway <laughs> <laughs> so that's how i got my mtech degree <laughs> I know that you you said you straddled both uh, what chemical and and industrial engineering, but yeah. did you get to use that as a combo either in BPCL or later on? Actually, I I think more when I get later into my career. Right now, I'm still using uh, industrial operation research more, not not industrial engineering, but the operation research part that became my career actually in that. So after my IIT, that's what uh, in the campus interview I got into. a company called cmc i think it's not existing anymore that was the old ibm when ibm left india they uh, it became cmc it was a government uh, organization at that time so they again it was all this and they heard about my scheduling program program that i had written for a bpcl and they thought okay means at that time programmers were very difficult means uh, software was not that uh, this one means uh, if you remember uh, those uh, pcs were like that pcxt pcat like 256 mb hard drive was like a huge thing <laughs> so they hired me so again i go to the job and they are not sure what work to give me so they put me in a elite group telling okay this guy is like oh he's right scheduling programs he's this control system he worked with the r&d head so he's is like a nerd so we cannot put him in the normal uh, Uh, this one projects that we have like the port project all those the local normal guys can do it this guy is a elite guy so i was in a group where all these were like uh, iit guys graduates from iit so i belonged to that group so those guys were like hardcore they're writing programs this that and i go there and they said okay what's your expertise 
I said, I'm not 100% sure what my expertise is. So that's how I started. So they started telling, okay, anyway, you have written this program 80%. Why not sit here and complete it? So I started doing that. And then uh, they saw two months, three months. They said, okay, we are not going to generate any revenue from whatever you are <laughs> developing. So let's teach you something. So that time they taught me something called a general predict, generalized predictive controller. That was like the precursor to this uh, process control systems. So process control system is more like a static, uh, this one, whereas this uh, generalized predictive control, it tries to predict the future and takes action right now, like closing walls, opening walls, all those things it does right now, uh, predicting the future. So while I was doing that, what I happened is I started uh, writing a simulation package. I said, okay, if this thing can predict the future, why can't I simulate a process control system in the this one? So I had one uh, girl with me. She wrote a nice graphic editor for me. So uh, there was this uh, company in Tudicorin. It was a fertilizer company or something. So they were having a lot of problem problems because every year they had to shut down their plant and restart it. And during shutdown, they had a lot of problems. So they were asking CMC for uh, something to help them with. So I uh, used her graphic thing. I took their process control system, put it in the computer and simulized the whole thing. It's very simple. It was all gas. So remember PV equals NRT and those simple uh, equations you have in uh, science, the physics that we learned. I put those into the computer. So I, was, I had learned uh, C by that time. So I was uni using Unix and C. I wrote those programs. And what happened is they actually came and tested that program and they were very surprised. So when they closed the valve on my computer, like the, what, the downstream things, what happened was exactly matching what was happening in their plant. They were so happy. They said, oh, we have something to train in this annual shutdown and this one ramp up without even touching our actual system. So that's how it started. But by the time that project was over, I was tired of software. I don't know how much coding you're done, but when you're writing code, right, middle of the night, you so you'll run into some issues, something the program never works. So middle of the night, you suddenly get an idea saying, okay, maybe if I write it this way, it works. <laughs> so one o'clock at night, you run back to the office and start coding. So that's how it is. So two years I did this program worked. I said, okay, I don't think I can do my whole life uh, software. So that is when I ended my software career. So I very early in my career, I was a software programmer. Maybe if I continued that, I don't know. Now there's a lot of scope for software, but that time very little was there. So that was my first change in job. Again, everybody was asking, you are the star of this company. You are leaving now. What's the this one? I said, I don't know why, but I just want a change. So I joined a hardcore chemical company after that, Garada Chemicals in Bombay. I don't know whether you've heard of it. Yeah. So it was a hardcore, the other end of it. It was a hardcore chemical company which was producing all these pesticides and the fertilizers. And it was almost like a monopoly. And again, oh, okay. they, they broke all rules. They did not care about pollution. They did not care. So it was like I was in a chemical plant where every year there was an accident. Somebody used to die sure. and all those things. They put me on this uh, shift. So I used to work on night shift and I was always afraid. So suddenly I had come from this white collar job into this uh, this one. And uh, I was afraid of all these workers because they used to consider me as management. 
so they always used to uh, keep scolding management ka kutta this that so <laughs> i was totally frightened of that so i said okay i have to get out of this environment also i don't think i can uh, stay here for long that's when i started preparing for my iim uh, exam Uh, okay. and uh, at that time uh, staying in bombay i was also tired of bombay and uh, just before gerd actually there's a story before before i joined gerd so cmc i decided to leave i actually had resigned but i did not have a job in hand and it so happened at that time i got married <laughs> so, <laughs> so in at my marriage i actually did not have a job and uh, none of the girls uh, parents or anybody in the family my family also did not know their family also did not know so just before the this one so everybody casually remember they come and say oh what work do you do and i used to tell them i don't have a job and they used to say oh this guy is very funny <laughs> and they used to laugh and go they did not know i was telling the truth they thought oh this guy jokes a lot so everybody was even the girl's parent was afraid I means he directly the father did not want to directly talk to me so he used to send uh, other people and ask him what he does so everybody used to come and say yeah, no i don't have i had a job i left it <laughs> right now i don't have a job <laughs> so that's how it happened so after marriage my wife actually knew that i did not have a job that i was not lying <laughs> so that's how i joined into garda because uh, that was the only company means it was like within 10 days i needed a job because i just got right. married i had 10 days to settle down so i went back to bombay and i found one of the cmc guys that joined garda i called him i said oh, give me any job i'm fine just give me a job <laughs> so that's how i got a job in tagarda and then one year down the line i said oh okay i can i don't think i can work this job and then that's how i wrote my iim and got into iim which iim did you get into uh, that's what, that's another surprising thing <laughs> means i think i was lucky lucky in my life throughout so i actually joined iim bangalore so again that's what i wanted to come back to bangalore also means Yeah, okay. till that time I, i always wanted to leave bangalore and suddenly i was so homesick i said okay after marriage i said i maybe i should come back to bangalore and settle and when i wrote i am i, I was not even sure i'll get it so i applied only for bangalore i am bangalore i did not even apply for the other iams so i think uh, when they called me for interview they were actually surprised that this guy is so confident is applying only for one iam because by yeah, everybody applies for all four telling okay whichever i get i'm fine <laughs> and I had applied only for one so that's the question they asked me in the interview saying how come you applied i said if i get into iim i want to join only iim bangalore that i don't want to join <laughs> which year was this this was in 94 oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, then uh, there was this group discussion again uh, i am a very silent guy it's a group discussion i cannot fight with people i cannot shout so they put me in a group discussion with the eight people and every and the topic they gave us was uh, i still remember that they said uh, you are on a uh, rocket uh, to the moon so you are all tourists you reach the moon and then uh, you find there's a leakage in your rocket and the oxygen is enough so we were eight people in that uh, this one there's only enough oxygen for seven people so one of you yeah. has to die so now you do a group discussion to decide what you want to do next so the group discussion was going on everybody was telling okay this is the reason i should not be the guy this is the reason i should not be the guy everything is going on so it was a half an hour group discussion 15 minutes over and i, I had not even talked even once so i said <laughs> okay i should talk now otherwise uh, it will be useless so i just chimed in i said uh, all of us are discussing that uh, who should not die and all this thing i said if we are tourists on a rocket going to the moon 
I assume there are other rockets on the moon also because it should be a common thing. <laughs> so why not just borrow oxygen from somebody else or go in some other rocket back to the earth? Why should somebody, one of us die? I said. And then that 15 minutes later, and that's all I talked in that whole group discussion. And the whole topic changed after that. So suddenly right. people grasped my idea and said, yeah, why should it not work? So that's the group discussion. That's the only lines I talked in that whole group discussion. And I think from our group, they chose only me for the next round. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you changed the perspective, I guess, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's, it means uh, you know my character. That's how I talk. I always uh, act like a devil's advocate. If anybody tells something, I always try to think, why not? Why not the opposite thing of what's happening? So it worked in my favor in this case. And then... Uh, interview that's what the first question is why only i am bangalore and i was justifying that and all those things and they said okay you are a science guy let me ask a science question so he said i have a room full of people so he asked me about that law of conservation of energy and i said okay right. energy cannot be destroyed it can be converted from one form to another all that uh, this one and he said yeah. if that's the case i have a room full of people there's a concert going on the concert ends everybody is clapping so there's sound energy now so where did that sound energy go? <laughs> that was the question. I said, yeah, if uh, the law of conservation energy is right, that sound energy should be converted to something. So I think the only energy which it can be converted to is heat. So I'm sure yeah. the temperature of the room must have gone up by 0.1% somewhere because of all that clapping. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of. Maybe it was right, maybe it's wrong, I don't know. But uh, next uh, thing I know, I was selected. So that's how I got into it. What did you specialize in? Again, same thing. I did not know what I wanted to specialize in. <laughs> so I joined and uh, so that's what everybody specializes. There is finance, there is system. So you have to choose. So one as a right. major, one as a minor. So actually in the end, I ended up uh, choosing general management because I did not know what I wanted to specialize in. So everybody had their own favorite. Like uh, actually my roommate in IMB turned out to be Vishwanath Hegde. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so he was very keen on finance. So he was doing all these finance things, and I said, okay. So in the end, I said, okay, I need something to target every. This one means I I don't even know what I want to do after I am. So what I did is every semester I said I'll pick one subject and try to get an A in that. And uh, I don't know about uh, how I don't know how it is now, but the grading in uh, I am was it doesn't matter what marks you get. Everybody in the class is divided into A, B, C, D. So like top 10% is A, then the next uh, 25% is B, next 25% is C, and the last 10% is D. That's how they do. So everybody will be very close to the top, but still you may, you'll end up with Ds. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what. So it's like uh, this one, cutthroat competition. If you want a C, you have to pull somebody down. That's how it is. Everything is <laughs> So I said, okay, every semester I'll pick one subject and try to get A in that. So that's how it happened. So it was, uh, and I... I think I should tell a funny story here. So uh, I was in the marketing class. That's what I was taking all types of classes. I was taking marketing. I was taking strategy. I was taking systems. So literally every type of class I was taking. So I was in this marketing strategy class. So suddenly this professor comes and gives a pop quiz. So actually right next to me, they were sitting as according to alphabetical. And right next to me was actually a rank student. When she was the topper in uh, IMB at that time. So I was writing this pop quiz. I just wanted to get out of the class as fast as possible. So I finished uh, this and she was actually copying from me. <laughs> so <laughs> I went through the whole 
pop quiz and uh, she thought okay this guy is an average student so if i copy everything from him i'll not get 100% so she changed one or two answers on her own and i finished and i gave so that guy i was the first guy to about to leave the class he said wait he looked up the looked at the paper he looked at me and he said yeah, okay you can go so i went so next day in the class he comes in and he says uh, he asked me to stand up he said look at this guy look at the confidence he finishes the test first and he had got 100% right <laughs> this lady sitting next to me suddenly looked at me because she changed two of her answers <laughs> and uh, that guy asked me what marks did you get in the sessionals and i had got very low marks in the sessional i did not want to tell in front of the class i got low marks i said i did not even check he said look at this confidence he is so confident of getting <laughs> nice marks that he doesn't even check the sessional results <laughs> so that's that's the type of uh, this and so i think uh, towards the end of uh, i am that's where i think uh, one of the process, professors actually hinted what my career would be so we had a course called uh, leadership right. so where the teachers about leadership skills all those things and end of this uh, uh, class semester each they divide us into groups and each group is supposed to present uh, about leadership what they learned in the class so every group created nice press. so i again because i was a average or a little below average uh, most of us in our group were misfits <laughs> can call that <laughs> people were interested in other things other than study so all those we were a group of uh, leftovers if you saw that intern move you know it was like that <laughs> so all the leftover people were one group so we were the last group to present so everybody presented uh, they got this one so then when it came our turn so we four sat and said okay what should we do means everybody has covered all the topics we don't even have topics to cover so then i said uh, let's do a thing let's do a skit instead of a presentation so each one so <laughs> we took this uh, japanese uh, car manufacturing uh, as a example so yeah. i said okay, we'll take one as a japanese manager one as a american worker so that just at that point uh, japanese uh, car makers had just entered american market so okay. we wanted to show how japanese leadership works how american leadership works so we just did a skit and what happened is uh, in the end of it we said we won't even tell what learnings we got from the class we let the class tell the learning so we did the skit mm-hmm. and then we stopped the skit and i said okay now the class you must have got some learnings from this whole skit so you tell us the learnings what you thought you got from our skit and they were telling the learnings and we were writing on the board <laughs> you don't even have to know the learnings because all these toppers are there in the class they were telling us ex- everything that we wanted to list out so we just kept writing on the board this is the learning we got the japanese man- management is this way american management is this way leadership skills are this all that we wrote and <laughs> professor in the end he said that this is the best thing and uh, i think this guy will become a consultant in his life he said a consultant doesn't tell anything of his own he actually asks the u- people who hired him what they want and present it back to them this is what you want <laughs> so this guy is really good in that i think his future is in consultancy <laughs> and uh, actually there was another thing also this misfits when i talk of misfits there was one more uh, class i had taken brand strategy that okay. was more of a marketing thing again we were all uh, misfits there so the way it works is it's a computer simulation uh, this one it runs throughout the whole semester so they give us like four or five products which you can change the con- configuration of and we have this whole uh, globe as the market so you enter yeah. a market you have competition so other groups are your competitors so everything 
and every uh, week we have to give uh, this one as to what our composition is which market we are what we are doing so everybody so whatever they were teaching the class is what we are supposed to use in that right. so again in our group nobody was listening much in the class so we did not even know what the strategies are we are supposed to use so we just used common sense so we yeah. said okay so first week we said okay everybody is going to go for the big markets so there are this few small markets which we are sure nobody is going to enter so we said let's pick the smallest market and put a high price and that's what happened so what happened is in our market there was nobody none of the other groups were there and we had a monopoly and because we had a high <laughs> price we made huge profits so next week we said okay now people are seeing our huge profits they are going to enter our market <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll cut price and enter their market where they are making profit so if they enter our market we'll cut our price in our market and in their market because we anyway have a lot of money now so we did that and what happened is they lost in their original markets they lost in our market so everybody was in the loss and end of second week third week we were the only company which was in profit <laughs> so it went on and the whole semester happened and because in the first week we had made so huge money so we ended up as the toppers and uh, the whole class was surprised these were the guys which are like the low end of the class and they are toppers in strategy and so next semester the topper of the class approaches me he says i want you in my group <laughs> so that's how, and so i was in the elite group the next uh, semester for the project and uh, but uh, i after that i learned how it, how difficult it is to work with a topper so this guy like when we have to sub, so 5 o'clock in the morning or something is the deadline so we normally submit our work by 10 and we stop but this guy wakes you up at 2 o'clock he says are you sure this is what we want we have time till 5 o'clock so 4 o'clock again he'll come and wake you up so the whole night they don't allow you to sleep that's how a topper works means they have to get a that's their aim they don't they cannot settle with anything less than a so they no, want to be and they want to keep secrets so like this right. guy did not want to like uh, the other group says oh first week how did you do this guy would never disclose how they were done even though we were in a very good shape he always used to downplay it saying oh maybe we are not that good and all those things he said oh if we disclose maybe they'll come to know our strategy and then they might this was, so that's how it worked so somehow in the end i passed out of uh, i am the average <laughs> now it's interesting that you mentioned this because as you mentioned this and i'll briefly pause your chronology yeah, a bit yeah, that's now. Fine, yeah. because uh, do you think that uh, that aspect of being uh, self focused in a way and not to disclose cards i know you mentioned a set of people there but do you see that i mean uh, in in reality because i i do see uh, this kind of behavior as things proceed in the professional careers as well yeah actually that's what i think uh, later on in my this one i got a chance to work with the this uh, cxo type of things actually in the company later when i talk of pepsi yeah i actually found that uh, some of this uh, means there is a certain type of aptitude or attitude you have to have to become a ceo which i later learned that i i might not have that so i would never become a ceo that's that's when i realized that okay maybe i should not to think of even top management because that attitude that is required i don't have it the ruthless attitude that you need to have mm-hmm. this was 96 i guess right when yeah, you when you graduated yeah. so what did you do after that so after that uh, actually that's what uh, means uh, you know how that uh, what's that brand that we have in i am right so people think that right out of college 
you can do great things and all those things so i got actually hired into a company called aptech yeah that time it was a very big company i'm sure uh, you must it was yeah. all that computer education they had sites everywhere and all those things so this ceo of that company hired four uh, iim graduates so one from bangalore one from uh, uh, this uh, kolkata one from so all the four iims he hired one yes. each he created a group and he said uh, i want to diversify away from education so you people report directly to me and uh, you come up with the strategy of what other businesses can we get into sure, so right. i was fresh out of uh, i am so all this fort analysis this analysis that analysis all this was fresh so we went out so each one went to a different uh, this one i went to pune one guy went to kolkata to study what aptech does best and uh, what is the strategy so and uh, we all came back we had uh, so we were actually given keys to the ceo's office that ceo always used to travel so yeah. his office was always open so actually i remember some afternoons we did not even know so imagine you have a job which is totally unstructured so you don't yeah. know what to you do every day if you sit in the office there's no work for you so i remember some afternoons we did not even know what to do we just went into the ceo's office he had nice padded leather uh, furniture we just slept there and came out <laughs> so in the end anyway after one month we or one night was i think six months of study we did we submitted the this one Proposal. report hmm. so actually what we came out is the strengths of uh, aptech was real estate and reach means we had offices all over india and most of the offices we actually owned means uh, we owned the real estate and we had reach so then he said okay this is good so what type of business uh, does this help so what type of business can we get into and <laughs> what we said is this business the people who like this type of real estate and reach is like mcdonalds those type of companies <laughs> he said you guys are crazy i am into education and you are taking me all the way to the other side and saying something like a mcdonalds we said okay based on industry research the companies which uh, want this type of uh, real estate and reach are all this uh, this one so and uh, he said uh, that time uh, erp the mrp yeah. and all they were just coming in so there was one company in uh, england called kalamazu uh, something they had a erp software called answer okay. so they actually wanted to enter into india market and uh, they did not know what to do so at that time we four of us uh, so they were in some so we had gone to some conference again like i was saying it was totally unstructured so any conferences there we had a free pass to go to any conferences anything so anything which was related to this one we used to attend and when we attended this we got talking to these guys so we had a sister company called hexaware i don't yeah. know yeah so those guys were into body shopping so what was happening is whenever there is a lull in the market in the us these guys used to come back to india and sit on the bench till there is a next project so we have got this bright idea see we have all these programmers sitting in this company called hexaware we told these guys we'll take your product we'll indianize it we have a huge uh, this one transient uh, software yeah, this yeah. one we'll write and go back to their projects and the new set will come so we can do this. so that's how we entered into the erp business so the ceo bought yeah. into it he said oh, he was very happy he said let's do that and when we started that's what uh, we got uh, trained in uh, sales how to do cold calls because 
again to sell this product there was nobody in that company who can sell this product because everybody was in the education of computer right. how to write excel there so erp is like a big thing to sell so again it was left to us four to sell so they actually sent us to a hardcore sales uh, program so i still remember so there was this guy who used to sit so he used to say pick up the phone and call a client who you think mm-hmm. will be good for this and i have to talk to that and these guys will sit and analyze my call so that's how they were training so they used to train us telling okay so every time this guy says i don't have time you have to stop your call there and make sure you get a time some other time so you keep doing it till he gives you a time where you can go and present never try to present in the short if he says i have only 5 minutes never try to present in that 5 minutes try to get another appointment that's how you have to do till you get a appointment of your uh, required time never uh, try to sell so that's how so all those trainings happened we went around trying to sell so what happened is these managers in uh, aptech there they were used to education thing suddenly there was this uh, another erp system called ban so yeah. i was in seeps at that time so andheri seeps so this was all all these uh, companies were in that same thing and this ban was like right next door so these guys said oh we have this uh, all means we had actually educated all these guys on erp by that time telling what is erp how it works and all those things so all these education consultants of aptech knew what erp was at that time suddenly they got this idea that uh, why don't we teach uh, education so we are in education business so we have ban which is next door which is a erp software but they don't have a education department so right. in the end they sold out uh, this kalamazo and they became a education <laughs> arm of uh, ban <laughs> so oh. we four of us suddenly we were literally out of jobs we, yeah. we did not have to sell anything the software we had brought was useless anymore and ban we had no uh, means education we had no this one so i was sitting in the seeps canteen and there was some stranger right in front of me and i was cribbing the whole thing telling okay six months of my life wasted i don't know what i did and all this thing so he was quietly inquiring and it turned up he was actually a ceo of a startup wow <laughs> and he was into this uh, sap thing at that time okay so at that time this was 97 90 uh, 96 and 97 beginning so at that time uh, people had lot of money means the companies had lot of money so every sap project what happens is you actually had a business process reengineering which happens first and oh, then the sap right. software is implemented that's how it used to be. so this guy was so surprised that i knew all this business process reengineering i at least the terms i could talk yeah. confidently he said do you want to join i have projects so yeah. I, at that time i did not even know he was talking of projects in us i was yeah. <laughs> again i was so tired of this because i was literally out of a job i said yeah i'll join you and the other three guys they actually formed their own company at that time i had just married and uh, actually my yeah. son was on the way so i could not even oh, take okay. a risk of uh, starting my own company because those guys they actually had to put 1 lakh each as a seed money to start their own i said i did not even have 1 lakh so i said i don't want to take the risk so i joined this guy's startup he was actually paying me double the money which i was getting in aptek and i was happy so after that i knew once i joined his company i knew the reason he was giving me double the money was his projects were in the us so he was actually converting dollar to rupees and he was actually paying me very low <laughs> so four months uh, he said uh, you have to go to us because i got a big big project in us and uh, you have to go but my son was uh, that's what about to be born one month away from being born i said okay give me another four months so that's how 
the last four months i think literally he did not pay me much also because he said you are not on a project i cannot pay you so my son was born and uh, that's when i was supposed to go so this was like 97 end of 97 so uh, at that time I, there was no internet nothing at that point so to go to us uh, i had to go to thomas cook and maximum they yeah. were giving was 400 dollars so i did yeah. not have a team or i did not have a company to go to so and this is the first time i'm traveling i actually not even, not even abroad i had never even traveled on a aeroplane before so this is the yeah. first time i'm traveling on aeroplane going to a abroad country <laughs> with 400 dollars in my this one and did not you know what to pack there is I mean, at that time there were hardly any indians in the us also yeah so i was asking people around who had been there and everybody gave me different uh, this one like some of them said oh as soon as you get down in the airport don't go to go to the toilet you'll get mugged another yeah. guy said okay you need a fanny pack because your yeah. passport should write in front of you every time because otherwise they'll steal your passport because you have a visa your passport will yeah. be stolen because of the visa so yeah. all different types of <laughs> this advice advices <laughs> and then i took and then uh, they said oh once you reach uh, this one you are a vegetarian you'll never get any vegetarian food there so pack everything that you want so i i remember while i was going so my wife was there her sister was there and they packed this huge bag for me which had rice <laughs> 1 kg rice 1 kg dal all the utensils that you require for cooking everything so at that time we did not have any limits in the aircraft we could carry as much luggage as you want i'm sure that bag was like 80 90 kgs at that time so that literally everything in that and the way they had packed is they said okay all we need this bag is till it reaches us right so they had this because to fit all that this one you need a huge bag and that time those huge bags were not there so they put it yeah. in a bag which was already literally at the end of its life i think so that's how i started to us a guy who did not know anything and at that time uh, i don't know when if you are going to us you actually went in a suit and tie and all those things so you went to the airport so this guy is going to the foreign so i was at the airport means nobody even came to drop me off and i had all these other guys going to the us so there were like this whole family there they were putting garlands to them and all these things <laughs> and i was there alone nobody to drop me off because my wife had just got a child so the child was just one month old So she was not going to have my father mother did not even know where the airport was also i think so i, I was telling so i did not know how to check in nothing so i was just following it was like a villager going to this one so anyway somehow i landed in the us so they had given me a, so they had actually booked a house for me they gave the address so i got down i booked a yellow taxi i yeah. did not know about this american taxi this that nothing so i gave him the address so he took me he said 300 dollars after he reached that place i got down and it turned out that address was wrong so this oh. taxi guy is gone so i had this heavy bag and uh, it's december so you can imagine winter has already yep. started i had no jacket which, which place was this which place yeah, was this chicago <laughs> in chicago okay uh. yeah it's horrible uh, means actually luckily yeah. for me winter was not that bad that day so i was sitting in front of this apartment so nobody opens the door there right you are a stranger yeah. Yeah. and i'm sitting there with all these bags and uh, i learned that uh, the apartment actually that they had dropped was wrong oh, so i'm sitting there what to do and this there's a girl student she a white girl so she took pity on me she said do you have a phone number i said yeah they have given me a phone number of office she said okay you can come into my apartment call them it was 7 o'clock at night at that time 
so, so the thing is i did not even have enough money to take a flight back to india so i sit <laughs> there 100 dollars in my pocket don't know what to do next it's 7 o'clock at night winter is there so i went to, to this girl's apartment she went out as soon as this one because she did not uh, and i did not even know how to dial a phone means let uh, oh, uh, <laughs> so i called her i said i have this phone i don't even know how to dial she was surprised she didn't know how to dial a phone <laughs> So anyway, she dialed and gave it to me. I called this office, and then they said, "Oh, you are at the other end of town." Means it's a similar. Uh, this one, it seems like they have like Oakland Lane, Oakland Road, so something like that. So it was you are in the lane. We should have been in the road and all those things. So they sent a guy, and uh, the other thing is that uh, heavy bag. What happened? Right, it it had broken at the airport. <laughs> so. Uh, before this that's what i was sitting at the airport with this bag broken with all these vessels rice dal everything on the floor <laughs> in the airport <laughs> so they actually bought a bag for me they felt so bad for me that they bought a bag for me a big bag they repacked it for me oh and that's how i went <laughs> out of the airport after that so somehow i reached uh, chicago that was the start of my us journey so it was a accidental us journey for me I did not even know. So when did so uh, when did your family join you? So ninety seven. Uh, so my son was born in ninety seven uh, July. I went in uh, end of September. Means October beginning. I went to US. Right. Then uh, first two months I was just getting acclimated. Means uh, I was learning driving and all those things. Right. And I did not have a house. That means uh, they had another four people who were there, and I was staying with them. So December. my wife and kid uh, that's what the social pressure is there oh this guy is in the us and wife and kid are here so 3 months later i called them so i did not even have a house so at that time the reason i called them was i had just got a project so right. this project was in uh, baltimore or something it was in maryland uh, east coast again i had never seen that i had just got a, as soon as i got a project i said okay pack your bags and uh, come so 3 month 4 month old kid and she and she yeah. had her own uh, So she was also traveling the first time, and the flight was delayed. It got cancelled overnight, and we had a small kid. So she had her own yeah. stories. <laughs> so somehow oh, she reached, <laughs> and yeah. when she reached, uh, I did not know where to take her because I did not have a house. So she had a relative in Chicago. So we went to that guy's place. So yeah. he said, "Oh, okay, in our apartment, uh, they don't allow this many people to stay, and all those things. Yeah. It's against the rules." he had somebody uh, a relative in uh, canada so uh-huh. he so that night we booked a train ticket to detroit took a visa to canada and dropped her off in uh, canada so <laughs> my, my wife and kid went back to canada <laughs> i came back to chicago after that <laughs> so and anyway so i ended up in uh, baltimore at that project so again that time there was no internet so what they did is they give me this address They said, "Oh, you can book rental car. You can uh, this one take flight." So, I my flight reached at eleven o'clock at night, and I go to this rental car. Uh, this one they give me a map and say, "Oh, you're here. The place you want to go is here," and they uh, mark the route and they give it to you. So I take this rental car and start driving. And as you you say, first time driving, yeah. you know, I got lost. And oh, yeah. again, all that fear is there. Petrol pumps don't at eleven o'clock night. Don't go to petrol pump. Don't ask directions. They'll loot you. So imagine, I, I don't know what highway I'm in. Means once you get on a highway, you cannot get out for a long distance. I know. So in the end, I made courage. I went to a petrol pump and I said, "See, I'm lost." 
so that means what happened is before that i, I kept driving and i actually i think i went deep into some uh, forest preserve because i started seeing coyotes and all these things i was totally frightened <laughs> so oh, anyway yeah. i asked directions and this guy guided me to the nearest highway and he said keep following this highway take he gave me the exit number everything he said get out of that exit and uh, you'll come to and that's how i reached yeah. my first uh, project site then <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, i i can't think i can go on with this it's just a way too much <laughs> <laughs> no means it's all coincidence for me means nothing is planned means in my whole life i did not have a plan in my career i did not say this is what i want to do everything it's like it's like life happens it kept happening for me one after the other <laughs> so why don't you accelerate then long story short i left this uh, startup uh, means uh, in the second project i was with this startup up uh, it was a unstanding project so they said uh, do you want to join me so i joined unstanding oh, and nice. uh, that's okay. that's my unstanding story i was with them for 7 years and uh, that's when i got into sap so i was doing this bpr thing so this sap guys at that time were paid huge monies and uh, unstanding was always saying okay these external consultants we have to hire we have to pay them like 100 200 dollars per hour and all these things they eat into our profits and also we four five of us were in this bpr thing we said okay give us the software give us some manual we'll self study yeah. what is there in sap we know the reengineering parts so sap should be a cake walk so that's how i learned sap so they just gave us one month they said okay go learn sap and they sent us for certification all of us got certified so we were like in understanding the first uh, sap consultants type of thing oh, okay right. we were the functional consultant means they had this above programmers they had right, right. we were the first functional consultant so again then i went through lot of projects with them eli lilly imclone ge yeah. and uh, coke so john deere so all these big companies they had this uh, this one and uh, at that time um, there was this book called uh, goal by eli goldrat yeah he talked of uh, all this how to uh, accelerate uh, computing telling okay if you put everything in the memory it's faster than reading and writing and then sap came up with some software called advanced planning yeah so unstanding young put me on that saying okay you go and uh, this one and sap built that uh, software but in sap they did not have anybody to actually do the business uh, presentation for that so they have this uh, festival the event sap event called sapphires yeah it's still continuous yeah so yeah huge uh, this one so next to sapphires i was actually presenting this software of sap as a sap guy yeah to the, even though i was a unstanding yeah, uh, employee yeah. they had loaned me to sap so i did all these presentations but still that software never sold till uh, 2001 i think mm-hmm. so the first company which implemented that was coke where oh. i was part of this uh, project again uh, yeah there are stories there in understanding also means everywhere i go i don't know whether people take pity on me or what but uh, like uh, example so when i was in this g project so every week uh, we used to work monday to thursday so i used to go there we used to take this car rental so we are like four five guys traveling from chicago so every time i go to this car rental uh, this one the guy in that rental always used to give me the best car actually double upgrades used to give me all this cadillac yeah. and all this sports this one so these four guys who were with me you know, they always used to run in front of me telling okay they'll get the cars but what used to happen is he used to give them normal cars and as soon as i come to the counter he used to pick a 
key from below and give it to me <laughs> so i don't know why i never asked for it actually i was afraid of this big cars i always wanted a small car <laughs> i was afraid of all this driving you know same thing with the airline so i every time i go to the checking counter i used to just joke with him telling oh do you have any first class uh, business class seats available and most of the time they used to give me upgrades <laughs> they used to say do you want to upgrade yes yeah, who doesn't want okay <laughs> let's give <you> upgrade <laughs> so that again i think that's what 6 7 years i worked in nansing and it was a lot of traveling that time means every project we used to do monday thursday it was like uh, they used to call it 3 4 5 oh yeah 3 three nights away from home four days in the site and one day from yeah, yeah i heard so i did this, that yeah. for yeah 6 6 7 years i did uh, till uh, 2003 by that time i got my green card in 2003 again same thing i said okay i'm tired of traveling i want to most of my career was i wanted to leave the job i was in more than the <laughs> job i wanted to take next <laughs> So at that time again the bangalore bug had uh, bitten me at uh, 2003 2004 in the story for so far you left your family in canada hopefully they came back earlier <laughs> yeah yeah so december i left them there and uh, the first full project in that startup they never joined me uh, actually my wife's sister also moved to canada and she never allowed my wife to move she said oh don't know this guy doesn't even have a house you cannot go back you have to stay here the kid is a small kid you cannot do that and and uh, that's what i stayed in a hotel and that hotel i was staying was like literally an apartment right. and in that hotel i was known as this um, guy with the heavy bag because i had this <laughs> huge bag of 80 kg so every monday i used to take it from the counter and every thursday i used to leave it back at the counter the reception <laughs> counter and i used to beg them don't give me a room which is on the first floor or something because i cannot carry this bag i always want a ground floor room <laughs> so that's full first semester uh, first uh, project went like that she never came back so the kid was almost a year i think before they came and uh, stayed with me so every monday thursday i used to go to canada oh, okay and the thing is i had a, one set of clothes in canada and one set of clothes i used to live in this uh, hotel i was staying so when i crossed the border now i literally did not carry anything i did not even have a handbag i just <laughs> so this canadia you can imagine the guys at the border, this one when at the airport when they are doing this uh, immigration and all this guy roams in without a bag nothing in his hand so something must be wrong so and in the end uh, i used to go exact same flight same time and they got so used to me it was the same guys in customs yeah. so in the end in the means you can see the difference the american guys are always gruff and uh, this one and the canadian guys are always smiling and friendly and every time after that i used to have tea with this uh, canadian uh, custom guys i cross the border they say oh come our guys come let's have tea because <laughs> this went on for 6 months or something so imagine every week twice <laughs> amazing so you left you le- you led uh, uh, the the cliched consultant life uh, big time then with this yeah it, it, that's what that's uh, this it was not my decision but uh, it it happened <laughs> <laughs> what happened after that yeah go ahead So that's what 2003 got the green card and uh, 2004 I said okay let me go back to India so I had this interview with Infosys oh, okay. and it's again a funny story so they were asking me for my 10 standard math card and all those things <laughs> I was saying I have like 20 years experience now and you're asking for my 10 standard math card don't you want to see what I've done in the end some so all 
again i left out most of the story of this y2k and all those things so yeah. I've, i've gone uh, ahead of that <laughs> so the thing is uh, in the end uh, they said yeah we are starting uh, this one uh, supply chain uh, practice in uh, infosys if you would like to be to join and all those things so everything happened so i'd asked for bangalore office so then i learned i will be in bangalore office but again their projects were in us <laughs> so this, i said this is more worse than what i'm asking means i want you want me to leave my wife and kids there and when you say projects now they expect you to stay 6 months in us yeah 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 i said that this is more worse you give me a indian salary my yeah. wife and kid will be in india and i'll be 6 months back in us yeah. so i'd rather stay here yeah. itself and uh, not move to bangalore so that's how i got the job and i decided not to join and i think it was a good decision because uh, we had a daughter uh, the next year oh nice so that two years i again i think uh, most of my important things which happened in my life i actually did not have a job at that time so when my daughter was jo- born i did not have a job at that time <laughs> so i had left understanding and uh, i was doing contracting at that time so i found my own company one man company and the all this reengineering and i by that time i had learned sap also so any sap projects i was doing those nice. and then i said okay i cannot travel anymore with the small kid so that's when i joined uh, pepsico oh, okay so actually what happened is one of my contracting uh, this one uh, projects was in a company called rexum which was actually a supplier to pepsico Oh, okay so i somehow met this pepsico guys and they said oh we are doing this huge sap project and uh, most of the guys there are very technical they they talk things which we don't understand and uh, we are trying to ramp up our team for internal team so i actually joined pepsico as an internal consultant <laughs> right so even though i was a permanent employee i was still like a consultant internally. right right where, where was this uh, which uh, was which state or which city was this i was throughout us i was only in uh, chicago i used to travel uh, all over us but okay. uh, my hometown was always uh, chicago actually okay. in chicago there was a suburb called mount prospect so our whole uh, stay in uh, us was only in that uh, suburb so oh. literally by the time i left uh, we knew everybody all the small businesses in that town we knew oh, okay. actually one of the guys from that town was this american idol uh, two winner or something oh okay <laughs> <laughs> we had all these parties in the town and all those things so uh, how long were you at pepsi at before you decided to come so back? i joined in uh, 2005 and i was there till uh, 2012 again by the time uh, 2008 came we got our citizenship yeah and then uh, we said uh, again that thing my parents by that time were pretty old and every time means we every year we made it a point to visit india right irrespective of uh, this the way it worked is consciously we had decided that my wife will not work because okay. of the kids we said okay uh, money is not that important for us the kids uh, life is more important so she consciously gave up she is also an engineer right so she gave up her uh, career early when our son was born she gave up and she never worked after that so the way it used to work is she used to come two months early right. during the kids uh, school holidays she used to stay two months in india and the last 15 days i used to join them and then we used to go back together so every year we did that and every time we used to go back my parents used to say next year don't know whether we'll be there or not when you come <laughs> sure. so if something happens to us you don't have to hurry and come back 
you can so that's the dialogue every year they used to say and my father always used to give examples telling how his brothers and all at that age died and so he's not going to leave for long and also every year it was the same story so 2010 we said yeah we should go back we yeah. cannot uh, leave them so every family everybody came back and uh, unfortunately for me recession hit at that time right so i could not sell my house i had actually bought a house and we were staying in the house so i said okay i'll continue with pepsico for one more year till i can sell the house so one year 2011 happened i could still not sell 2012 happens still cannot sell means the thing is even if i lower the price people were not willing to buy right. because the price kept falling right so right. i said we'll wait right. we don't want to buy now so 2012 i said okay i cannot stay away from family for long so i left pepsico at that time so there was a lot of uh, firing going on means layoffs going on i requested my manager please lay me off he said no not, nothing <laughs> you have to leave <laughs> if you want so that's how so 2012 i left so after that what i was doing is uh, six months in india six months in us trying to sell the house and if i get any contracting work in us uh, i used yeah. to do that but again Uh, by that time, because of this Y2K, you know, US market was flooded with Indians. Right. And you know, all those fake resumes were uh, right, right. running around. And the rates they quoted was like uh, one-fifth of the rate I was quoting. Means my mortgage, if I had to pay the mortgage, I had to get a certain amount of money. And these guys used to quote like one-fifth of the rate and uh, twice my experience. So there was yeah. hardly any... So the, most of the jobs I used to get were more through contracts, uh, uh, contacts because they knew what I know. Yeah, yeah. So they used to go through all these fake resumes. They used to throw two, three people out, and then they used to say, "Okay, we know this guy Krish. At least, even though he knows half of what these guys say, they know. We know exactly what he knows, so we can still hire him. So that's how you, I used to end up with the projects if there were any. Okay. So two years I did that, and somehow in the end, uh, at a huge loss, I sold my house in US. came back here and then uh, tried for a job here and again very difficult to get a job here so there were only two types of uh, jobs here either it was a uh, people management or a uh, high niche uh, technical uh, expertise you have otherwise there was no jobs in india like uh, if you talk of people management it was not like uh, 10 people 100 people or something there it's like 5000 people can you manage yeah. 5000 people yeah, yeah. so my whole career i had managed maybe 10 15 people not more than that Right. So this was like a huge thing. So when we had our uh, 25th reunion, that was like that was in 2014 December, I think. Right. By that time, I had completed three years without a job. So I was like the peak of desperation at that time. I was very stressed out. I and I don't think anybody noticed that during that uh, reunion. So that's what the, uh, my thing is. I normally use humor as a <laughs> stress yeah. uh, reliever. So. I think that's how it worked so so uh, i i know that uh, we'll come to the humor part in a bit so when did you join uh, this company now yeah again so what happened is uh, when i was looking for this job that's what i literally had this huge uh, contact list i was contacting everybody job uh, nobody whenever i applied that's what uh, there, there was a company called uh, bristol cone they said oh we you can we can make you as operation manager we have like 6000 uh, consultants in the field so all their time sheets billing the client those type of job so i said yeah, i can i don't think i can do that so literally tried everything nothing worked and it so happened it seems my resume ended up so there was, at that time this company was called sigma aldridge and there uh, one of the guys working in sigma aldridge actually it seems previously was working in accenture 
and accenture was the consulting partner for pepsico right so it seems i did not know that but in pepsico it seems i was a famous guy because in business there are hardly any indians right. in pepsico i was on the business side i was not on the it side and on the business side maybe i i think i was the only one or two indians were there and i was those guys so all these other indian companies the accenture all the guys from india they actually knew me my name thing oh this guy from pepsico there's a indian in pepsico in supply chain so as soon as he saw this resume he was surprised thing oh this guy i know he was like a big shot in uh, pepsico an indian in uh, pepsico so he yeah. went and recommend i had not even applied i don't yeah. know how they got my resume through something some contact somewhere so he went and told the management of sigma saying i know this guy he is very good he was actually a big guy i don't know why he is applying for a, such a low position we should take him he'll yeah. be good enough so i got a call for interview so i was surprised because i had not even applied for them and they called me are you interested in a job and that's at that time i had already given up looking for a job because it's 3 years i had no job i said i'm into forced retirement i'll never get a job again and these guys call me out of the blue one day and say are you interested in an interview can you come down to the office yeah so i was thinking okay i had not even submitted my resume <laughs> they calling it so i went there and uh, again it was like this intern uh, this one uh, movie this guy a young guy comes to interview me what do you how do you see yourself in 5 years all those questions he asked and i was giving all the stupid answers telling okay 5 years i would like to be retired and <laughs> those type of uh, this one so what do you career goals what do you want to be and all those things so in the end i said okay this guy doesn't even make sense because the positions they were looking for so i was asking him so what open positions so it was a it yeah. department they had so sigma was a business company in us and this was the it wing of that i said okay i am not good at it i don't know programming so i didn't so in the end uh, what happened is they actually created a position for me called solution architect so again it was the similar thing in pepsico so these it guys were all talking this it stuff and the business was not understanding right, right. and the business guys were talking all this stuff which these it guys did not know what they were supposed to do yeah so they were forced to hire this uh, consulting firm cap gemini in between and cap gemini it seems all these young guys they used to send and everything the business uh, talked about they used to create custom programs for that Right. so they were actually implemented sap and it was like 80% customized because every time the business asked these guys used to customize for them so they said okay we need one guy who actually understands both sides right. and who can question this uh, consulting firm so they created this position called solution architect and it was a uh, it was like that's what i got this offer and i was totally surprised and oh okay and the thing is i was supposed to join on monday and then uh, sunday this hr calls me so can you come to office today itself and collect your laptop i said why i'm joining tomorrow i can there is no 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 tonight you have a flight to us <laughs> i said no 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 i joined the bangalore office not us office they said we know you joined the bangalore office but it so happens that uh, that's what they had this business and it meeting in uh, us st louis and because i was this guy who was supposed to be in between they said you should be there because this is the first time they'll actually know your worth yeah. so you have to be there it's it's our company we we have already highlighted them that we are hired this guy who will solve all your problems so you have to be there so that's what so sunday night i collect my this one so my first day in sigma was actually in the us <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, you didn't need a visa anyway <laughs> yeah that's what i was a citizen that, that's the other thing they were this one so they could just tell me go yeah. one day early 
so that's when it started yeah so i mean fascinating uh, I, i but i i know that uh, behind all this i know uh, humor is your is 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 your uh, release mechanism how did uh, i mean your family handle it right in the sense because i i you know being without uh, some stints uh, including from your wedding uh, to to when your son was born and then thereafter when you come back to india and you know, and uh, also you said you did make a literally a loss in selling your house how did how did you manage uh, how, how how did the, i mean how did your wife and everybody close to you take this I, again i think the stress part it was uh, just me alone means i did not let let out in the famines i didn't i don't think my family even knew i was going through this uh, right. stressful part actually there is means there's a lot of more than the family thing it's the social pressure yeah so like when i'm without work right the whole uh, community around you your relatives your cousins everybody starts talking behind your back like there was all rumors going on oh this guy was laid off means that that time a yeah, lot of yeah. h1 people h1b people were being sent back so i kept explaining to them saying i was not that category i already have a citizenship i don't have to come back but they did not understand they said oh this guy makes excuses but i'm sure he was chased away from the us he was thrown out of his job so some one category of guys were talking about that the other categories were saying oh he went in 97 he's been there for 17 18 years so he may, he's made a bulk load of money yeah he doesn't have to work anymore so there are two sections who are talking behind our backs and that was the pressure which my family was facing and then my parents this means my mother and father had this thing telling okay if you are a male you cannot sit at home without a job you have to work that's their mm-hmm. so how can a guy sit at home without work yeah so they had their own uh, social thing so it was all this pressure telling okay whether i want to work or not i have to go to a job and uh, that's what and then there were all jokes means uh, because i had a lot of free time you know, if there was any wedding any distant relatives wedding i was there <laughs> so uh, my uncles and all used to make uh, fun of me so like one of the weddings he used to say this guy goes to that uh, chowl tree and looks at their calendar finds out all the weddings which are there for the next one month sure. and he makes sure he's booked his tickets for those sure. yeah. so all those type of jokes were all uh, this one and i used to joke back telling yeah yeah and i used to say okay you are talking to me and every wedding i go i see you people also there so what are you all doing in all this internally what was going through you i mean that's i'm i'm, I'm curious to know how did you yeah, i was really desperate I means i did not know means the thing is uh, it was a forced uh, retirement so that's what i did not have uh, anything to like uh, if it was a planned retirement you would uh, anyway had time to think about it and say okay after retirement i'll do this i'll do that that i did not have anything to do that was the whole thing yeah so what happened is uh, at that time just to keep myself busy and i as a hobby i was interested in all this financial analysis and all those things i used to do it on the side even though not for uh, investing purposes just uh, as a fun thing so i actually started writing the cpa this is the us cpa right. chartered financial analysis cfa exams so i actually cleared part 1 and part 2 so that's what i took 4 months re- full time i used to sit and read so they had all this means people attend classes for that and i said okay i'll do self study and write the exam so so one year i wrote part 1 the next year i wrote part 2 so that's how i was keeping myself busy and initially because i was spending 6 months in us 6 months in india I, uh, that's what the other thing i left out was marathon running i i got into marathon running when i was in pepsico nice so i was in that uh, feel good uh, sector of pepsico 
where as part of our performance appraisal now you have to do something healthy oh okay so i chose marathon at that time okay so during when i was without this job that sort of i used to do marathon to run a marathon you have to train for 4 5 months so that's how my whole year was occupied 4 5 months i was writing the cpa exam 4 5 months i was training for this marathon then i was to go to usa run the marathon then one month just to wind down from the marathon thing and so that's how i kept myself busy i had something to do so that uh, that stress did not get back to me yeah so i kept myself occupied during that uh, thing but every time back of the mind it was there what do i do next what do i do next uh, we can talk for hours i think listening to I me mean, listen to you rather <laughs> maybe uh, talk us i know you mentioned about your son and daughter and any wife what why don't you give some details about them what do they do now yeah so actually that's what my son and daughter are exactly opposite to each other so son actually is a, a nitk krc right. graduate also <laughs> so he for him i don't know he's he knows exactly what he wants to do in with his life so he he was in means he did not take computer science because of that uh, hyper anything from his again uh, to go back to this one when i came to india right uh, my son was actually hating me at that time because uh, his whole education was in us yeah, till yeah, 8th standard right. so when he came back uh, for the first one year he actually hated me he said you destroyed my career you did this you did and uh, un- unluckily for him the first year he joined here he had hindi also oh. so he had zero idea about hindi so he had hindi as a language so he had to go through all this uh, tuition classes so you go to classes normal classes come back take hindi tuition so that whole year was hectic for him right. and uh, he and there he was into violin he was into soccer he was like the state uh, wrestling champion in his school oh, in the uh, us nice Yeah. and here you come back the whole year was nothing other than Sorry. studies because just to go get through the class means not even to top the class just to get through the class he had like full tuitions the whole year so he kept saying you wrecked my career you wrecked my life and all those things one year so what we and my wife did is we said whatever happens we should never put a sense of doubt in the kids mind we should always talk telling india is the final destination we are not going back right so i think one year later uh, he started having friends till one year he had a tough time getting friends also because in the school you know right everybody has their own group and suddenly this nri uh, this foreigner comes and joins their class so he doesn't even have a group to go to and so slowly he made friends and then he adjusted so by the time he came to 12th i asked him so now it's your decision uh, what do you want to do do you want to go back to us you can for he said no 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 i like india i want to study engineering here maybe for postgraduates i'll go back so that's uh, luckily for him uh, and lucky for us uh, he got into krc and he got the subject of his choice uh, computer science okay. and uh, that's how it started and after is uh, uh, this one uh, uh, he actually got into microsoft Uh, in his third year and uh, i think uh, his name was also in the paper in the final year because he was one of the guys who got the highest salary from oh, sarathkal nice so he went to microsoft he worked for two months and he came back and he said i'm not interested in this corporate life anymore oh. a lot of politics they don't give you the right projects and it's like who does the favors to the boss gets the project i, I don't want to do that type of work i want to go into research okay 
so we try to dissuade him saying okay research you'll be stuck for 6 7 years doing your phd what after 3 years if you don't like the subject you are doing you, you cannot quit at that time and all those things so we forced him to say at least do a research assistantship in iisc for 1 2 years to really know whether you are interested in research because you don't like corporate life maybe you don't like research also so he did the research assistantship in uh, iisc for 2 years okay and he really like means uh, i think he got into the latest there was some intel project going on in iisc at that time he got into that project and his guide was somebody who studied in uh, wisconsin okay so that guy was really impressed with him and he said uh, if you go to us for post graduate you don't even have to do ms i'll give you recommendation you can directly go to phd wow so right now he is in washington uh, doing phd so he bypassed ms wow. so he is into the integrated phd program in uh, university of washington right now C- seattle what's his name uh, aditya he is doing some quantum computing and all those things which uh, i don't even understand <laughs> and your daughter daughter is exactly opposite she has no idea what she wants she's in 12th now even she lost a year when we came back here oh, because okay. uh, getting her admission was difficult because uh, it's a local cbse school so they tested you know here right kg1 kg2 the yeah. test is like written test oral test and, and she failed in all of them so she actually lost a year before she could get back to school <laughs> okay so she's in 12th now and uh, she is more artistic Oh, okay. so she is into painting and singing and all those type of things and average in uh, studies and uh, she is at a stage she knows what she does not want but she does not does not know what she wants so she is saying i won't write je i won't write this because i'm not interested in engineering i'm not interested in medical so she knows exactly what she doesn't want to do and that's literally all the things we have here in india so she has ruled out everything so we, literally we don't know what she wants and she herself doesn't know so we are trying to find something where her art comes into picture and something so we told her if nothing at least start with bsc after your 12th then we'll figure out what you want to do so that's where she is i'm sure she will figure that out yeah <laughs> <laughs> and what's her name yeah uh, amita amita yeah and i think uh, now let leads me to, to to your wife i think uh, now we have met we have met her in a fictional world <laughs> yeah. Through, through yeah she's actually exactly opposite of what i write <laughs> yeah, i think uh, at least, uh, without, at least without her all... <laughs> yeah. yeah hearing you and uh, all, all your life stories i think i'm sure she's been a big pillar of strength for you yeah. and family yeah uh, because otherwise uh, i think this whole thing wouldn't be possible coming back to india and all yeah with uh, imagine staying away from me she was staying with my parents and i was in us so that's, yeah. that's a very difficult uh, this one right and and uh, if you don't know she's from manipal actually okay. same same batch as ours okay okay so her uh, classmate is actually nitin uh, nitin's uh, brother yatin oh okay <laughs> so nitin rao and all uh, actually she's uh, the pai family she's one of the okay pai families in uh, manipal okay <laughs> <laughs> so it was a arranged marriage but uh, what happened is her sister had actually married one of my cousins okay so during their marriage we had met and uh, yeah, casually means imagine she is from manipal i am from suratkar we <laughs> talked and all these things and yeah. some of her family and my family had noticed that and they okay. said okay why don't we arrange so and the thing is because of that i got married very early 
so right. i actually got married in 93 right right so i was one of the earliest in our batch to get married i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> imagine so curious to know now about your writing so for those of you who don't know about uh, kk i think uh, his anecdotal uh, humorous take on our on our uh, gatherings at least in bangalore as is, is something to everybody is now it's almost a demand now it's not no longer something that we we'll, we even give him a choice to to, to not write <laughs> so i think uh, is, is it something you you just picked up on the fly or is it something you to it, it's an uh, hidden thing that you are you are penning stuff like this uh, throughout uh, i know you're going through your ups and downs as well No, no, actually it all started in understanding again uh, when i joined understanding where it means i was in us so what used to happen is it was all this reengineering so most of the presentations were to this uh, cxo type of uh, people vice presidents and all those things because we were uh, changing their business process so th- that time the guys in understanding the guys who were working with me they always used to say your communication is pretty bad so you do the presentation uh, you do the actual uh, powerpoint presentations and we'll actually present it so that's how it worked for the first one year yeah. and i actually assumed that's how it is oh maybe they don't understand my accent and all those things and i was writing all these powerpoint presentations for them and i think that's where my writing skill and then i said okay what i noticed after one year is those guys were getting the promotions those guys were getting awards and all these things and i was the guy doing the work and then i said no 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 this won't work anymore i said either i present whatever i prepare or i won't prepare at all so yeah. then they gave me a chance and then uh, i i was lucky to have a good uh, mentor so he actually taught me how to present so he actually what he did is he actually took a class of presentation for me oh, okay he actually recorded uh, how i presented and he gave me feedback so he told me always start a presentation with a joke you have to uh, lighten Let the mood move. because everybody will be serious so lighten the mood to start with and every time give pauses at the right places and keep them engaged because if keep going slide after slide after slide somewhere they lose interest means the mind can only be active so much so you have to keep engage them ask questions keep asking them keep them engaged and always have surprises in your uh, powerpoint so always hide what you want to show next so they are always curious as to what comes next so you have to write in such a way that they should be visualizing what you are telling right so every time you write something they should actually see a image in front of their mind telling okay yo this is how it is and they'll be curious as to what comes next i think that's where my uh, journey started in the writing part and then uh, later on when i this financial analysis i was saying i yeah. was uh, it was my hobby and i was doing that i actually started ghost writing oh okay so there is this i don't know whether you have heard of this uh, websites called seeking alpha motley fool motley fool i know this, there are all yeah, this yeah. Uh, yeah there is another called seeking alpha okay that's also pretty famous so they those guys uh, they i once or twice i wrote articles and sent to them and they were interested and i started ghost writing for them so they own the articles that i write right and every time somebody clicks on my article and reads they were giving me like 5 cents or something like that so that's how it worked for 3 4 years i was doing that in the end they said okay uh, we'll buy the all our articles from you we'll give you one lump sum and that's it so our uh, ownership has changed mostly fool i think till that time was just a website for reading and then they become commercial they wanted to sell their own products they wanted to sell their own this one yeah at that time they said okay no more ghost writing 
because we became a company and we want to make profits and all those things right so that's where my ghost writing ended i think that's how the writing came to me so even now so just to give an example like this uh, sigma average mark i'm uh, this one so my team whenever uh, there is this awards in the company you know for my team uh, we always win awards so people keep asking what do you what does your team do that you win awards it's actually not what the team does it's how we present it that we get awards so like every time even if we write a small report right i write it in a way saying okay problem statement means uh, given uh, telling okay business had this this problem that without this report they could not do then the solution i used to elaborate on this report saying okay this was the problem and this is all we did and so on and then impact to the business so oh, okay because of this report now they saved so much money millions of euros because so much manpower was saved so much this on so when a person who is giving the award reads it you know it looks like oh this team has done something big even though it was a small report just pulling four tables and creating a report the way you write it is what brings us the award and people would have done lot bigger work than us lot greater uh, work than us but when they present they are presenting only the project they did right in this project we did took this table we joined with this table we did this we wrote this program which does this and a guy who is giving the award has no idea of what you are talking because it's a hardcore yeah, it yeah, thing yeah. a business guy is giving in the award he doesn't even understand what you are talking about so in the end because they understand what we have written invariably we end up getting the award even though we our job is not that <laughs> good but is is that something you are compiling somewhere that some stash that we need we, we would like to get access to <laughs> no actually this this part uh, the one i'm writing now it actually started when my uh, son went to washington university of washington so what happened is he was pretty homesick he went in uh, 21 21 september is when he went yeah so once he went there again phd you know there is uh, there's not much classes for you so you are on your own so he was a pretty homesick so every week he used to call and ask saying what's what going happened? on there what's going on there yeah so i started writing a weekly thing for him telling okay i used to take whatever happened in that week make a funny yeah. thing and send it to you <laughs> so that's how it started this thing yeah i i i think i i spoke to you about this i think you should put it on a, as a blog i think instead of having distributed <laughs> things all over the place i think you should blog it and i think you, you have something going i think <laughs> <laughs> so just moving on in terms of uh, other other elements right in terms of travel you had your consulting travel which i'm not going to ask you about but in terms of in general leisure travel or places that you you have loved going or would like to go as, as kind of a bucket list what are those actually in us i used to love driving and long drives so i did a lot of those again it's with family so i and uh, the thing is we always like to drive as a family because that's when we actually got uh, closer right. so you fly in 2 hours it's over it's done so like uh, some of the examples is from chicago we drove to De- denver it was like a two days drive yeah. if you just take driving it was like 16 hours 17 hours driving so we did lot of stops so by the time we reached denver it was like 5 uh, 6 days so right. imagine your whole family in the car so you're forced to interact so we had a lot of fun and then uh, just to add in denver at that time madhuri dikshit was there <laughs> so we actually met her in one of the costco uh, this one and she was like a normal uh, this one again i did not go and take selfie or something but my kids don't even know who madhuri dikshit is so i was pointing to them saying see see this is madhuri dikshit madhuri dikshit so she said like, okay i can see a indian lady what are you talking about 
so those type of so one was to denver then another we drew from chicago all the way to canada this was after uh, we settled in chicago we visited uh, my wife's uh, sister who had settled there yeah then uh, another trip we did was vancouver all the way from the north all the way to san diego at the south again it was like multi day trips yeah. every night we used to stay in one place next day again drive for 3 4 hours see the city around there like in that trip i think we went to that all that sign of hollywood then all that steps in los angeles the golden gate bridge in san francisco the san diego zoo all all that covered and we even covered hoover dam right. uh, then uh, las vegas so it was like 10 15 so every year uh, we used to do that uh, type of trip then uh, after coming to india yeah good no no go on, go on. I, i actually wanted to queue to talk about now nowadays what you do <laughs> yeah so after coming to india tried that uh, here uh, driving was a little difficult we still did one trip uh, it was a kerala trip it was like uh, over uh, 20 days oh okay so we actually started from uh, bangalore went to vayanad then uh, guruvayan guruvayur then uh, that alappi we went on that houseboat for a day then uh, munnar and uh, came back then uh, another trip we did was uh, tirthalli chitradurga right came back a third trip we did was mysore kurg again multi day trips but uh, here i think especially the kerala kerala trip was uh, pretty hard driving because even though it's called national highway it had town after town and yeah the roads were crowded and you did not enjoy the trip as much as you did in the us here you have to be very concentrated so a lot of shouting telling oh this guy in the way that guy if your kids uh, disturb you or something you start shouting at them telling okay i'm driving i'm concentrating don't disturb <laughs> those type of things so i think uh, in the end we decided road trips in india may not be our thing so then we started traveling through trains we enjoyed so we did a humpy so the way we do is uh, on my birthday which is august 15th oh. independence day so i know for sure every year i'm going to have a holiday on that day so me and my wife we just take a religious trip on the okay. my holiday the, and there is another reason i do that because if i stay at home my sisters will come uh, to my place and want to celebrate my birthday so i just want to get away from all that i i am a introvert so i don't like social gatherings that much <laughs> so every year we do that so like one uh, birthday we went to madurai another birthday we went to kanyakumari a third one recently we went to rameshwaram and multiple times we have gone to goa hampi right oh that's so nice lot of lot of traveling again most of it is uh, karnataka and the south north uh, not been to north that much other than kashi that means gone through a religious uh, trip with my parents right kashi uh, varna varna seno if if i had to ask in terms of what is uh, what's your best time of your day then and uh, now every day you are talking about yeah nowadays yeah a- actually the thing is uh, uh, again with this covid uh, the thing is it's three days uh, work and two days from home right so my uh, i get a cab where i'm means i'm the only guy who travels in the cab and this cab driver talks a lot <laughs> i again that's another thing in my life i think uh, every time i meet strangers they pour their sorrows and their uh, thing on to me i don't know why i do i don't know whether i look like a swami to them or what i don't know <laughs> but they they tell their sorrows to me and they don't expect any advice in return right. they just want somebody to listen so that's what this 
the, this guy has a lot of this one and all the latest uh, songs in kannada he plays for me he tells the story behind those so that's it's uh, very enjoyable it's uh, like uh, normally one one and a half hour drive it is one way right so that's that's the and the thing is when i'm coming back it, it acts like a cut off telling okay work has ended family so by the time i reach home i already forgotten about the work part so when i'm home i'm no longer in that uh, work mode so it's it's a good uh, this one you can say break in between i think bangalore traffic also enables you to forget work also so <laughs> as long as i am not driving it's fine means uh, there there experts he keeps talking to me and driving which i admire but yeah <laughs> so uh, and this is more of a hypothetical question then right if you were to write your autobiography what would you call it i would call it uh, memorials of a misfit i think <laughs> <laughs> because every place i have been I, it was not by choice it's it's just so happened i was there i actually just to tell you i i was actually talking to my daughter the other day and i, I was telling her incidents and she actually related it to forest gump she was saying your story is like forest gump i'll tell you why that happened so i i got married in 93 i was saying right oh. in 92 i was in bombay that's when the bombay riots happened oh yeah so i was there during the bombay riots and hot hotmail when it formed right i think it was in 96 97 so in uh, iim when i was doing to send a email i had to actually use the iim server so there was one phd guy in canada and i used to use the iim server send him an email he used to take a print out and give to my wife's relative there they used to tell him something he used to print in, into the server i used to take a print out so that's how it was going and when hotmail started he actually invited me to be a beta tester for him <laughs> so i was telling her so i was that's why i have got a pretty nice uh, hotmail k underscore comma the hotmail i was like one of the first guys who got the hotmail uh, this one and then uh, when the twin tower happened yeah. right i was on a project in imclone which was in new jersey which was right uh, next to the river right so i was actually standing on the river bank on the other side and watching this thing happening oh, because okay. we heard in the news that one flight has uh, hit the towers so we actually went out we were on the shore of the river side Yeah. and we were actually standing there and watching uh, the smoke come and the towers fall and all those things and then uh, 2008 i got my citizenship that was the first year i was eligible for uh, election and that year uh, first black president of us was uh, <laughs> actually and this one elected so that's what all the stories i was telling she said uh, every major event which happened in the last 20 25 years it seems to be the you were right there watching it <laughs> and and the thing was obama was a chicago senator right right so after he won his presidency they actually had a party in downtown where i was standing I means i was also part of that uh, watching him give his speech all uh, all the guys celebrating and all. and before he became president he was a senator and i actually had seen him multiple times near our office he had a favorite uh, sandwich spot he used to come for lunch okay so it, it's it's all like a coincidence and uh, i seem to be there when things were happening <laughs> so that's why uh, miss yeah, fidens i i was not part of the group any group it's, it was always i was like the odd man out in the group everywhere so yeah i would probably not characterize character uh, characterize it as misfit i think it's probably you felt maybe uh, you're not with the norm or not with the uh, yeah. with, uh, with uh, what is perceived as the norm at least and but you i think you yeah. you found your niche you found your uh, you found a way out and i think uh, I, i wouldn't i mean i wouldn't say you're a survivor but i think you have you have 
you have adapted no, i think it? i was i'm a lucky guy that I means everything happened for a reason for me I means again uh, again i think uh, i i was in one of this class classes in uh, pepsi where they were teaching innovation so at that time steve jobs had given this uh, undergraduate uh, speech or something Stanford, where he was saying I think. that yeah yeah where uh, because he learned calligraphy he could put that into this one and now microsoft has it as part of word and all those things so this guy in that innovation uh, class you were saying when you look at anything in the past you can always link it to the present and he uh, he made uh, our class go through this uh, thing is saying okay you take a potato you take a rock or something and you spend enough time you can actually do a connection between the two right. so he actually proved it so now if i sit and look back at my past it looks like everything is connected <laughs> yeah even though at that time i did not think everything was connected but now if i look back i say looks like everything happened at the right time at the right place and everything seemed to be happening at for a reason so i think i am very lucky that way <laughs> linking with you know how you want to share your experiences through through this medium at least right so what is that uh, a piece of advice then you would share with you know people probably just starting their careers or, and what kind of the key lessons that you know you have learned obviously yeah mine i think uh, i try to follow that also mine was uh, do not stress on the problems you have today because tomorrow it will be in the past so every time i am in uh, such a think telling okay i don't know what's happening like now it's a big presentation to a ceo or something and i'm all stressed out i just sit back and say okay 8 uh, 8 hours from now whether i do it right or wrong it's over so that's how i look at it saying okay whatever problems you have today tomorrow it's in the past it's gone so all i have to do is wait for the time to pass yeah it's gone <laughs> no it's a great piece of advice actually it's a great perspective as well um so i want to then uh, ask you what's on your bucket list now this is uh, a pet question of mine at least yeah so actually initially after i finished kris and i finished my mtech and even during mtech i i was into trekking a lot Okay. Uh, yeah, Bombay. There's a lot of uh, trekking places. All that uh, Rajmachi. So used to Kanda. So I did a lot of that. And after marriage, once or twice, I took my wife, but she was dead against trekking. So somehow it petered out. But I always wanted to do this trekking in uh, Machu Picchu. Okay. I, for some reason, I wanted to do that. And then a cruise. I've never been on a cruise. so that's one thing i always uh, i read about cruise and i say okay some day i have to go on a cruise and a third thing which i always uh, want to do is uh, stay as a local in a country for 6 months where there are hardly any indians means purely like something like a south american uh, country or something where you hardly find any indians go there stay like a local maybe try to under i, I actually started learning spanish once uh, i actually did a one year course two year course thinking some day i'll go to Uh, Spanish yeah. uh, speaking country and stay there for 6 months so that's again a bucket list i have some something i don't know why but <laughs> no but uh, yeah i mean uh, you've tried swimming you've tried marathon you've <laughs> tried trekking so <laughs> <laughs> i think it's great variety uh anything else you would like to add or share no one thing again now again uh, in this company like i was saying i'm the oldest uh, guy here so lot of these youngsters uh, come to me for advice so the thing is i think uh, what fascinates about me for them is this guy has us citizenship still he decides to stay in india 
he's a i am graduate still he tries to he's doing a job of an individual so something there thinks they in their mind they think i am a great guy so they come to me for advice advice so most of the times uh, what i tell them is never mind what college you go to or never mind what degree you do that is just four years of your life because in the end your working life is 30 35 years so i used to tell them given books so let's say you do mechanical engineering and let's say you are interested in chemical i said if you can take five six books of chemical read on your own it will take you one year maybe to learn chemical because in the end what do they teach you in college they'll teach you from the books and maybe some lab work that's it so what i tell them is four years in college don't get stressed out telling oh i did not get this you know i did not get into iit i didn't i said even if you get the lowest college it doesn't mean that you're not going to come up in life you have 30 years of your life after that yeah which you can always pick up so that's one thing i tell them and the other thing is more from my experience so every time they ask about jobs and should i leave my job there's a better care so i tell them do not jump jobs because you hate the one you are in always jump a job because you like the one you are going into right that's so that's the other thing i always keep telling them fantastic uh, and this i am thing just to add one more thing about this i am thing when i am giving interviews especially these indian companies as soon as they learn that i am uh, mba from i am for some reason the interviewer wants to show his knowledge to me i don't know why he wants to prove that he is better than me <laughs> that, that happened to me multiple times because i even had one interviewer saying i have a lot of iim and iit graduates working under me i i i said means i did not tell him but i was thinking what has that got to do with me applying for a job in your company yeah no it's uh, sometimes you're right i think sometimes if you just kind of uh <laughs> just kind of go back and go into the gallery and watch yourself and watch the environment that you are in uh sometimes you just wonder it's just not worth it <laughs> getting in sucked and, into and another, another thing i think i wanted to add means i was always like an underdog i think means like when i started running marathons all the people around me means my neighbors and all the people who knew means we had this indian community in uh, chicago they used to say if this guy can run a marathon we can do it so till that time nobody even attempted a marathon they used to say, oh marathon who can run this and then i run my first marathon and they say oh if this guy can do it we can do it same thing with iim so when i wrote this iim exam i was in bombay in this apartment complex and everybody knew that okay this guy is going to write the iim and they said oh he'll never get in this that and then when i get in they said okay if this guy can get in we can get into iim type of thing so it was like uh, whatever i did uh, somehow it encouraged other people because they thought i was not of that caliber as them and if i can do it they can do it type of thing so maybe unconsciously i was a inspiration for many of them because in the end when i left chicago there are a lot of people running marathons other than me in my community <laughs> no i am sure that uh, you you have influenced and you are influencing many people uh, i think just keeping it simple keeping it real and and just uh, not not uh, getting sucked into this probable rat race uh, even though a good part of your life you did spend time in <laughs> in, in the rat race <laughs> great okay, okay i think uh, i've had a wonderful time listening and i'm going to have uh, i'm sure that the uh, our batchmates are going to have a wonderful time listening to this thanks you thank you so much for sharing snippets of your life yeah i i wanted to add one closing thought means i actually want to thank you because this gives me an opportunity to actually sit and look back at my life because i don't think i have done 
looking back at my life telling okay what have i done all these days and all these things this actually helps me go back look at my life and look and uh, re uh, look at everything i did and uh, <laughs> all those memories are good to have so thank you for giving me that opportunity no no it's uh, that's the whole idea of this right is to want to yeah. uh, i know we don't not everybody gets to meet each other and i think at least trying to use this medium i know i need to be yeah. a bit more regular than what i am today um, i'm hoping to get back into the swing of things but yeah but i think it's what keeps us going keeps us connected as a batch so i think uh, so i'm happy to be a small part of this so thank you so much kk and uh, yeah i'm sure we'll bump up in one of our next weeks uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and looking forward maybe you will blog about yeah. this as well i mean i mean just to read this as well okay thank you so much kk yeah thank you that was krishnanand kamath for you unassuming but very sharp in his thinking and a simple view of everything around i hope you like listening to this episode if you do have any suggestions or critique do drop a line to krec89ers@gmail.com goodbye